0: Big ups! Welcome to the Audio Lighthouse Podcast, where we'll be revealing potent and timely ideals for navigating the ocean of life. I'm your host, Jovial Joel, an eternal optimist with a scientific mind, continuously capitalizing on my curiosity. That's who we are. The title of today's podcast is "The Alchemy of Food." Its purpose is to enhance listeners' decision making. Of the food they choose to eat based on the energy that food contains which is ultimately transferred to you or in this situation since we all eat to us so one thing about it you are speaking with Jovial Joel and I am a jolly guy and I enjoy my food I enjoy the vibrations of food. I enjoy the different tastes, the different uh, regional flair. I enjoy, um, I I love to try everything twice. One time to say you tried it, two times to see if you like it. So there's so much that connects us through food. Uh, One thing about it, we spoke in a previous episode about fasting, but this one is about the opposite. It's about the actual nourishment choice that we make which is called eating, what we choose to eat. And so one thing I can always say is I've been a <laughs> a very diverse consumer of food. And i uh, pretty much like Mikey off the kicks commercial. Give it to Mikey. Give it to Joel. He'll eat it. And usually I would. So I'm of the corpulent uh, body frame. But, hey, that's what gives me the, the uh, right to good adages and names like Big Papa and things like that, so I'll take it. But one thing about me and food, uh, my father, he, Joel Keith, my senior, he would always say, hmm, Well, you need to be a food critic. And basically, as much as I uh, delve into food or taste food from different places, different fast food places come out with a different food, I have to try it. And I'm, I'm asked, Daddy, hey, can we stop by here? Uh, so he definitely said, yeah, you might, you are very own food critic. That's one thing about you. You, you sure can critique some food. So that's one thing that I cannot deny. So I would say I have a pretty good authority on food and going deeper or diving deeper than just the physical aspects of food. Of course, um, with the curiosity that I'm led by to continuously seek and gain more knowledge. Food is a part of our everyday, unless you're fasting, like I mentioned. So, it's something that we should get to know because it is what basically fuels us. It is our sustenance that allows us to take in food and transmute that into many different things, including inventions, uh, strategies, homework assignments, Uh, Football games, football scores, uh, sports administration. All those things are based off the energy from initially intaking food. So food ends up fueling those actions. So it's a transmutation that is occurring. So when we think about food, let's just jump right in. In the alchemy of food, we have to discuss the physical ingredients at first. When we're talking about aspects of the ingredients, we're thinking that it needs to be some type of way beneficial to what's going to output the energy that, that food has, basically, the human body. The best food is going to be broken down and utilized most efficiently by the human body. Things that are not as easily broken down or processed by the human body. I would say aren't as good of choices to make even when we know this we have to converse on it to really break it down Uh, and, and when I speak about food I'm speaking to myself as well because we all live in a pretty consumptuous society so when you're talking about the ingredients every ingredient has a an energy to it a frequency a vibration all things are in motion so the quality of the different ingredients will have different vibrations and uh, energies to them so just think when they all come together they're a summation or a mixture of those energies but individually they are energy holders or possessors of energy sequences themselves so they can be compared energetically ingredient to ingredient so when we're thinking about the energy of our ingredients We should start with just our, you know, our basic, what what they give us growing up, the the pyramid of food, the food pyramid, which broke down your necessary um, categories of eating and intake. So I'm going to start with fruits and vegetables. So energetically, we know that these are as close to living entities as humans can take into themselves in the discussion of foods Fruits and vegetables, specifically, I know kale is a, uh, has living biology that incorporates with your living biology in digestion that is very constructive to the functioning of the body. So fruits and vegetables are very akin to having high vibrations, high energy sequences. And so that's comparative to how they're grown. So that's another discussion inside of the worlds of fruits and vegetables. The close to organically grown is going to give you the most naturally vibrating version of said ingredient, fruit or vegetable. Uh, Things that have more chemicals are going to lower that vibration. It's going to um, manipulate it and uh, decay the original chemical compound of this fruit or vegetable, lowering, lowering its initial vibration. So, things that are organic are going to be as close to their prototypical form of sustenance when it comes to the energy that they will transfer to the being that eats them, in the sense when they're ingested, but also fruits and vegetables are going to be able to change the physical makeup of the body because they are used to help minerals and vitamins, nutrients, vital nutrients, go back to a nutrient-needing vessel called the body. It's very important to have a certain amount of the nutrients that come in fruits and vegetables. Now, so you can take those vitamins or those minerals in a raw form, as, as best as you can, but fruits and vegetables are foods and, or ingredients in our foods that have the minerals and vitamins from the earth already filtered through in an edible form. Hence why a lot of times you can eat your way back to health based off knowing the right amounts of vitamins and minerals that you're intaking for certain fruits and vegetables. And the closer to organic, the better that it's vibrating as its prototypical DNA has for it to be vibrating. No chemicals or artificial additives in the growth process to stunt any organic sequence that's supposed to happen. And so that's why organic fruits and vegetables seemingly are the most physically energetic for our vessels when when it comes to the energy conversation. These ingredients... Organically are going to provide sun-grown nourishment. So the green chlorophyll-driven uh, plants will are actually captured or have captured sunlight using the chlorophyll. So you're actually ingesting sunlight as raw of a green vegetable that you can intake. As long as that vegetable hasn't been heated up to over 100, and say 18, 116 degrees, I believe, then it's chemical chemist. Molecular chemistry has not been altered, and its full mineral and nutrient footprint is available to transfer to use the human. So raw vegetables, organic raw vegetables, tend to be the most physically beneficial uh, ingredients, vegetables, and fruit to actually take in. With the chlorophyll, as I mentioned, you're taking in actual pieces of sunlight for all green, leafy vegetables, and while they're good for your energy intake, because all this is being processed and digested mm-hmm. into the body and being turned into what the body needs or, of course, we know what the body doesn't need. That's a whole another conversation. But fruits and vegetables organically vibrating are vibrating high and, in part, will do the same effect for your body, add a higher physical vibration to your body, how it functions, how energy is being distributed through it, how you're able to tap in, To that energy how your sluggishness is is subsided fruits and vegetables in an organic most organic way can provide that based off how they contain energy as themselves next I say when you're talking about ingredients you could think about the meats we're talking basically dead animals animals that are not alive and are being most of the time heated up to a certain extent for consumption, there are some places that people actually eat the raw land animals. So we do we do know of sushi, where it's a raw fish or raw seafood delicacy. But there are some cultures that eat raw beef, raw uh, chicken, and so the body seemingly can process that. Um, uh, and the body is a very adaptive vessel, so it it can. But but cooked foods. Cooking that meat is one way that over the years we passed down how to consume that meat or that those sales of an animal that are no, that no longer has life. And what is offered to us in market format, we, we have opportunity to have land animals or animals from the sea. So land animals include uh, beef from a cow, uh, pork from a pig, uh, chicken from a chicken, of course. Uh, then you have your, your gamey, your, your more game-like animals like your turkeys, your uh, lamb, your deer. And you have even more gamey like your your opossum, your raccoon, your, your your wild boar. These are things that are all types of meats that are consumed in various regions of our world. And there are even more that I didn't name, but basically you're eating in some cooked form, usually the body of a former living animal. And so in doing that, those are, those are not living cells. So those cells are vibrating, but there's no life or no soul element that's propelling those cells. So it's basically dead cells that you're intaking. So we, we, we previously discussed the ingredients of living fruit and vegetables and how alive those vibrations are now put that in juxtaposition juxtaposition to the type of cells vibrating on dead meat we do enjoy the savor of it over the years of adapting that in our diet but just in comparison the vibrations of a living kale versus a dead steak they have two different taste thresholds But they're transferring two different vibrational footprints to you as well. So, the steak is bringing you certain amounts of proteins and uh, things that are helping to build amino acids. But the kale is doing the same in a more living, highly vibrating state. So, one thing that beef can do is that it is a very dense meat. So, it's highly packed cells in the composition of that animal. So you're taking a lot of cells in with each bite of beef, for example. And, for example, you're thinking about pork. Pork is a different animal than beef. You know, it's the difference of a, a pig and a cow. So you have to take in the difference in those physical environments and what those cells of that animal was actually involved in before you decided to... Eat it and prepare for eating. When I think about the physical environments, that also gives me a glimpse as to the state or the nature of the vibration of this meat that I'm taking in. A cow is in a, most of the time, grazing in wide green pastures that may get muddy, that are, you know, have anything on the ground, and they usually are standing up. They rarely lay down unless we do a, a cow tipping weekend. But beef is usually vibrating based off that physical environment. Pork is usually vibrating in an environment of a lot more disarray, filth, waste, its own waste, uh, rolling in that, being immersed in that, covered in that. And so the skin is very permeable and that it can absorb. And so just think of the absorption that is going on in a pig's environment with the cellular composition that'll eventually be eaten by someone. Think about its physical environment and how the permeability of the skin intakes its environment into the skin in comparison to the beef. The beef seems to be a little bit more flattering to the mouth in what you would expect its environment to be, but both are still dead carcasses nonetheless. Now let's throw the chicken in there. Chicken is another highly ingested dead animal that we choose to eat. Its composition is a little bit lighter. It's it's poultry, it's a bird, so its cells are a little bit more for possible flight. Chickens don't fly as much or at all, but they descend from a flying vessel, so their cellular composition won't be as densely packed as a land-faring animal, only like a cow or a pig in the form of beef or pork. So chicken is a little lighter. Chicken is a little lighter, but our... Physical environments for chickens isn't what it used to be. Yard range chickens, meaning chickens that were at your house, that you fed, that you raised in order to provide eggs and meat. Those had a total different frame once placed on your plate than what we see now. The physical environments of the chicken supply is a lot very akin to the pigs. It's very, the, the cleanliness of it is very low the environment is seemingly just for producing meat for industry there's no type of uh safeguard placed on a lot of the factories that are manufacturing i should say manufacturing (laughs) what we consume in the form of chicken so in comparison the chicken and the pork supplies just in what i know about them are two different rodeos in a sense of the physical environments that those animals' bodies that we consume, skin is being in environments that is permeating that skin, basically. That skin is being placed in more heinous environments in which that skin cells are be negatively impacted by that environment, meaning it's going to soak in whatever nastiness that that particular animal may may be in hence why this is a continuing the conversation as to why vegan lifestyle seems to be a more energetic highly vibrating lifestyle just in a simple breakdown of fruits and vegetables energetic composition physically and dead animals or meats energetic composition for eating so those are land animals let's talk about seafaring animals Seafaring animals are even lighter than the composition of a chicken that we spoke of. Those cells are going to be even lessly compact than beef or pork or chicken, things that are on land because you're in the sea. The sea is less dense or to be able to move throughout the sea as you need to in a, in a vessel of a fish or a shrimp or, or, or oysters don't move. But things that are in motion have a lighter composition than our land animals. So they make you feel lighter when you eat them. People who go pescatarian or say they're only eating chicken, no uh, pork or beef, they have a a lighter disposition, I would say, in their digestive tract because they're eating more lightly dense or more lightly compacted cellularly meats in the form of chickens who are birds that possibly could have flown in in the past in their DNA which makes them have to have lighter cellular composition. And seafood like fish and shrimp, things that are maneuvering throughout the sea would have even less of a weight composition. So there would be even less weight when it comes to ingesting that to your body. So sometimes people say you want to eat heavy or do you want to eat light? So in the convers- in the conversation of when you ha- are intaking meat, your seafaring meats versus your land-faring meats. Your seafaring meats are going to, I would say, vibrate higher because they are less dense in cellular composition. But what could make the seafood vibrate lower is being in a watery environment that's polluted, being in a watery environment that the skin of that dead animal has been uh, permeable in an environment of toxicity, meaning you will then be transferring toxic energy to your vessel when you intake. So the one thing about it, similar to when you are discussing the type of fruits and vegetables, organic or non-organic, wild-caught seafood is the best because it's hopefully as wild, is being defined as a a more uncivilized area of the world, meaning no capitalistic dump-offs happening in the water to make it lose its natural integrity to the animals that come out of it is the best suggestion. Wild caught fish, wild caught shrimp. Farm raised is when you're talking about the same analogy of having chemically raised plants. Farm raised will raise that probability because the farm is building it for capitalistic reasons and they want to maximize their yield so they'll do whatever it takes versus wild caught you are eating literally what had a natural birth and development process in a natural environment, so it's going to vibrate as it should, not be at a lower vibration from artificial reasoning. So that's that is the conversation for both. No matter you are a vegan or you are a um, you enjoy meat. I'm not say you're a carnivore and you only eat meat, but you're an omnivore. Either way, you need to think of what has had the most natural growth sequence. That, whether it's a fruit or vegetable, whether it's a, a land animal or a seafaring animal, the more natural the process before it got to you, the better that thing is gonna vibrate at its highest potential, no matter if you're going for the highest of the high, which is raw fruits and vegetables, or you're gonna in, enjoy a cooked meal that we humans can still deal with a cooked animal with some fruits and vegetables. Either way, there's a discussion as to how each one of these ingredients is physically vibrating. Cool. So we talked about the actual hard ingredients. Let's talk about the things that make these ingredients come to life, the herbs and spices. Herbs and spices totally are bringing different energies to the party. Aside from our kitchen stoves and our tables, fruit, herbs and spices, I should say, have many medicinal purposes, so they're vibrating in a healing type of frequency already. Even without the food, these things are vibrating in a formation to bring healing and wholeness to whatever entity intakes them. So the herbs and spices that one chooses to use is going to definitely add to the viability of the energy transferring strongly to you as the human. Different spices and peppers added to the mix are going to excite different energies within our body. I know certain peppers, certain cayenne pepper, for example, helps to excite the nervous system. So your, your the kundalini energy within your spine is excited by spicy or spicier palated foods that it intakes so it will charge up or bring a certain dynamicism to that system of the body and the nervous system is extremely important so certain spices and herbs are there to help excite systems of the body so adding them to our food to our fruits and vegetables and our meats is a good part of adding some positive vibes to our vessel when we intake it I mean, just think, seasoned foods just makes you feel better. It makes me feel better than unseasoned food. That takes the experience of the ingesting of the food to another level, which makes it vibrate higher, which makes you vibrate higher, which makes the memory of vibrating higher last even longer. So we're talking about things that are going to happen in just an everyday meal, but these meals become memories. And so your herbs and spices that you choose will definitely excite different activities that are constructive to how your body processes or is processing continue about processing each one of these that we've spoken so far processes differently in the body and at a different length of time so it's important to not cons- to not utilize all of your energy for digesting basically it, it is not wise to eat so much that most of your body's energy, is used for the digestion process what about the things that you want to create what about the dreams you have that need your energy what about the family that's counting on you to be there at their various uh aspirating events so it's best to conserve energy and utilize it for the life's dreams than to always just use it for our digestion or in taking things that take a long time to digest so in discussing that about the fruits and vegetables versus the the meats, meats take longer to process. They take more energy to process. And we're speaking of something that's not even living. So we're talking about dead cells versus fruits and vegetables actually help to push out waste in the body. So they will excite bowel movements, which is very needed of the body functioning properly. It's like um, Napoleon Hill mentions it in one of his texts. And how getting, I think it may be think and grow rich, but the the body must be, is very much like a city and that the, the the sewer system of the city must stay clean. Imagine if you lived in a city and the sewer system didn't work properly or it was backed up or it wouldn't flush or things, that were back, things would not be very fun in that city and I'm, I doubt it would have a, a very good real estate market. So it's the same is for self. We should make sure that we are eating foods that, go through our body properly and don't, don't remain and become instances of producing symptoms of even more chronic illnesses. So it's best to eat things that are not going to process as long in the body. Beef takes a long time to process. I think it may take the longest if people discussing just regular um, nutrition, nutritional items that are used as ingredients. Uh, pork takes a while. These are your more dense. So we discussed that and how dense those cells are of those animals. So you can have a thought as to how long certain things take to digest, which means how much energy you have to utilize to break them down. Basically, how much energy is taken away from what you could have done else with that energy. If you chose a more balanced meal, a more non-meat, as non-meat heavy, minimize the meat intake or Strictly have your fruits and vegetables and as mostly organic as they can be, they will process other things, other toxicities out of the body. That's the cool thing about your organic fruits and vegetables. They're actually doing your dirty work. They're sweeping the old beef, chicken, uh, pork out of the body in keeping the body functioning optimally. Those natural things work better with your natural vessels. Those natural living, organic, vibrating things are always going to work better in transferring to your natural vessel. Things that are artificial don't work as well for this natural body. So that is a thought in how the body changes. So if you have a, a backup within your body of meats, it will bloat your inwards out to where you feel, wow, it's like my my stomach isn't big, but something inside of me is is poking out. Yes, it's because you have an excess and you probably should fast or have raw fruits and vegetables for a a few days so that they can do their work vibrating high and push lower vibrations out of your vessel. It keeps the body functioning in a good flow when you are taking in the vibrations that aren't going to remain in your digestive sequence for so long. That is energy being utilized that could be transmuted further hey once we know better we do better right at least that's the challenge so let's jump right into it you know how we do it imagine this you're the matriarch of your family yes you're the oldest living mother of the family all your kids now have kids you've enjoyed the past few years seeing them all grow your kids growing into being parents, the grandkids growing into being older, older kids to the younger kids that you've just been seeing your tribe grow, and you've been brought so much joy by watching them live in the the way in which you brought them up and living in their own way, and just still being a, a blessing to see in your mothership, but. In the past few years, things have gotten a little dicey. You heard the kids talking about some things that were shared over social media that the family is split two ways about. A lot of them feel like it shouldn't have made it to social media, and others are feeling some kind of way about the information that was was shared in the first place. It's coming up to the holidays, and you know as you're getting older, You don't get more holidays, you get less of them, so you start to think, wow, my family is really, this whole social media thing has really got to your family. They they used to come over uh, once a month for a Sunday dinner, people haven't been coming over for Sunday dinner anymore, and now the holidays are coming. You as the matriarch, you've had daughter-in-laws and new son-in-laws come and help the past few holidays in cooking, so you haven't had to do any cooking. You've been blessed to have kids who followed after you and and took your cooking advice and your processes up and are great cooks and wizards in the kitchen just as you are. But this season felt different. You knew, you felt the energy, you felt the separation of your family, your kids and their grandkids, things that have been flowing into disarray from this whole social media craze that they're talking about. But you knew that holidays is coming and that you have the you don't have to have the loudest voice at this time but you have the the most sincere voice to the path of this family and so you call for the holidays thanksgiving to be had at your home this year you make a special request to all your kids and they get that you you speak to each kid basically to have their family come to your home so you have a few months to prepare in preparation, you, as you yearly do, you have your crops preparing to be harvested, and you have a special idea this year. You're going to directly make dishes out of your crops, being that you took a few years off of taking over the wheels of cooking. You take over the wheels, and you have your crops, and you harvest them, and they're all organized and prepared for your various dishes. You have your squash casserole with your squash. You have your sweet potato souffle with your sweet potatoes. And you have all, you even have uh, different spices and herbs in your garden. And you, you all have that ready. So it is a week of the holidays coming. And you've taken your harvest and you've laid out your recipes and your menu of what you're gonna serve. And they're all out of your organic garden you don't you don't do it like those people up the road do it you always say we do it how my grandpa taught you and so your garden is beautiful and the harvest is just as beautiful so you're cooking and whipping up these organic vegetables out of your garden these dishes are smelling good the herbs and spices are being laid out you're thinking about all the the cohesion that comes with a good meal all the great conversation that comes with a good meal. All the memories that are made with a good meal. And so you cook up the best meal you've ever had. You've even got one of uh, your, your local your local neighbor's wild turkeys from his turkey farm. Or from his turkey hunt, I should say, not his farm. He went on a turkey hunt and got you a wild turkey. So you use that as the, the, the centerpiece for your your holiday feast. And so as you lay it out and cook and prepare, thinking of how great the moments and laughter and music and and memories are going to be shared after having this meal, you prepare to lay it out and you all have the meal. It's an excellent meal. The meal is great. The kids are reminiscing about how you used to cook, how the kids are so lucky to taste your cooking because it tastes just like it did when they were kids. And then they go off, and after the meal, they're outside having their little games, just like they used to play when they were kids, teaching their kids. And some of the ones who were mentioning all the deceit from the social media posts or whatever that social media stuff. You're the matriarch. You don't know about all all that stuff at this time. You just know the kids who were having a fit against each other outside laughing and, and playing those Thanksgiving games that they once did. You... Take your sip of your sweet tea while being on the porch. And you watch it all unfold knowing that you were a cause. Think about that. That very well happens in many of our households and has ha- happened in many of our families over the centuries. But some matriarch, some mother thinks well enough to be the cause to change the vibe. How did how did you as the matriarch know that your cooking could change the environment? How did you know that? Had you possibly been a part of a come together meal before from your former matriarchs of your family? Now being one, you knew that good ingredients cooked with good love was gonna bring a different outcome with those who are your family? Was it your intuition? Was it a higher form of yourself that reminded you, hey, you can take control of this energy of the family. Cook one of those meals and and put all that love and thought of the outcome into the meal. How would you hug grandma after eating a meal like that? What, What would have been your favorite dish? What games were being played out in the yard after such a good come-together meal? These are things to think about. This is a powerful case study on being the cause to your own family's effect. The spiritual vibration of the preparer goes directly into that which is transferred to those who eat. It is the little bit of magic that is a part of each one of our meals if the person who's preparing the meal is in a bad mood they're not feeling good they're sad that can come over in the transferring of energy from the food to the person who consumes it and it could be the best herbs and spices and ingredients but it's also something about the energy of that who prepares it the energy going through their eyes, the the, the air that they're intaking and exhaling, the way that their motion is coming out of their body, it, feel, it all comes about differently to the food if you yourself are in a different state. Just think how you <clears throat> whip up some potatoes if you're happy and joyous versus if you're mad or indifferent. Just the kinetic energy in itself is going to be different, so that might not be the smoothest tasting potatoes, nor will it feel like the most energetic meal. So the, the the conversation is the spiritual vibration of the preparer matters just as much as the ingredients. You want to definitely eat from the stove or kitchen of someone who's in a good mood, in a high vibration. I would say that you're definitely more apt to having a high vibrating experience because that person is attentive to the details of their cooking. They're probably encouraged by the reactions of people eating eating their food. They are excited to be living life. So they're going to be doing the cooking with just as much high vibrating intent. Somebody of a low vibrating intent is not going to be as attentive to the food they can mess up the recipe they can forget ingredients or spices they cannot allow the dish to meet its highest potential versus the person who is in a good mood and assuming that if they're in the kitchen they know it that they're at least know how to cook something that within a good temperament or vibration this person is going to generate a higher vibrating meal experience Now, I'm I'm not a scientist. I don't have any instruments that are being able to show this, but it just makes sense when you put it in your own mental and spiritual court of law in the transference of energy. Law of correspondence says that if the meal was cooking in a high vibrating state, then the microcosmic plate of that meal, not saying you're going to eat the whole pot, but a plate of that is going to vibrate just as high as above, so below. As below on my plate, so above into the larger pot is the conversation we're having here. So you definitely want to <laughs> you want to deal with people who are going to cook food in a good mindset. And and that question it makes you think of soul food and, and and the power of prepping with your hands. See in this in this in the imagine this of the matriarch, she was probably hand preparing a lot of that food. energy from out of her fingertips was going directly into the food believe it or not it's metaphysical in a way everything we touch part of our essence goes towards it and as long as it's permeable it can go through that and affect that so as she hands prepares it's energy there's love there's intent going through her fingers into that food in the most microcosmic way but powerful nonetheless so just just Think of that in comparison to machine-prepping things. So a lot of your larger packaged items are machine-prepped, and they have a taste that you're used to, but how much love can you say is in that taste? How much warmth, how much uh, affection is in how that's constructed and put together? How much creativity and character is put into that? Not as much. You got metallic stirrers, metallic wrappers. You have a metal-based offering not a lot of hands have touch it for safety purposes but at the same time nothing safer than a loving person for creating your food nothing safer than somebody in a good mood overseeing the creation of what you're going to eat that is what you want you i doubt you, you you i wouldn't be too quick to have a meal from somebody who maybe just got their car repossessed That's not going to be a fun day for them cooking. And that meal may have some things left off because their mind is somewhere else. And they're vibrating opposite of what that meal is going to need for it to reach its highest potential. So that makes me think of when it comes to dealing with people who are not happy. And maybe they're not happy from some of your actions historically. You have these scorn or revenge meals. So why have these become so why are these known as being so effective? People know that certain dishes mean certain things if you are on this person's shit list, for example. You know, in New Orleans, in the the bayou, you don't let everybody cook you spaghetti. Even beyond that, in the whole world, everybody doesn't cook you spaghetti. Because there are tales or, you know, legends of past that revenge or vengeful intent from some women to certain men in interrelational and interpersonal relationships, certain women have created a spaghetti dish of their own sort, of their own self as ingredient, for example. And so certain energies are then bestowed upon that person who intakes it, usually the man. And that's where occult and esoteric energies are then Distributed based off the intake of that food, pretty powerful. You can even, you can even think of a scorn meal turned into an entire industry of food uh, right here in uh, in the South. Nashville hot chicken. From from everything in my exploration and going to Nashville and, and digging into this, there was the initial Nashville hot chicken was created by a wife who was having a husband coming late, later, and later, and later back home, when he should be coming home from work, so that chicken, over time, that fried chicken got hotter, and hotter, and hotter, and hotter, to her husband, to the point where it's bringing sweat, And but he, he's a husband looking to keep things covered up, so he obliges, and oh, he just, I love this chicken, honey, and she says, oh, you love this chicken? Well, I'm going to make it even hotter next time. And she makes it even hotter. So uh, I know I've had Prince Hot, uh, Prince Nashville hot chicken, which is very hot. So the backstory story is that that chicken style, that spicy breaded fried chicken style is from a scorned lover or scorned wife or scorned spouse making a hotter and hotter fried chicken full of hot sauces and Tabasco peppers for her husband, who kept saying to keep his hidden life covered, oh, this is good, it was so good that it became an industry, so next time you think of, or eat some Nashville hot chicken, just think of the man who paid the price for his ways at that dinner table for finding out that that was something that might be, you know have a market to sell so yeah, Nashville hot chicken, so yeah, that's another situation of Dark, revengeful energy being placed in the creation or the chemical creation of food. And you got to think, this is fully a, a, a chemistry process. This is like a, a chemistry experiment every time you cook. Because you're using heat to merge these elements together to they'll become other substances of itself, but ultimately become one new experience. Like you think of a stew, for example. You 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 boil you simmer that over a long period of time. So those elements get very, very merged together. Versus flash frying something, sometimes it keeps everything deconstructed and separate, but coagulated inside of a batter, for example, like a fried Oreo. So that's a high temperature for a little bit of time versus a lower temperature for a lot of time. In between those two ranges of temperature and time, you're going to get two type of food experiences. And so depending on the energy of the preparer, whether they have a, a revengeful intent or a joyous happy-go-lucky intent, you could be enjoying the transferring of that same energy. And the temperature that's making those chemical reactions occur, that's making this new compound of, a, of these ingredients, which is becoming a dish, transpire. You're truly enjoying the alchemy of food, scoring meals and all. <laughs> so yeah, watch out for the spaghetti and uh, take hint to what was going, uh, what was being transferred with the Nashville hot chicken. And so now that we've discussed the energy of the preparer, for us in this capitalistic society, we have many choices. In a sense of where to eat, many fast food choices, many, you know, casual dining, which is almost fast food, many sit and dine. So you have many, many choices in this generation of living. So the main thought that comes to mind is the fast food prep versus a home cook prep. Not saying everybody at fast food prep is mad about their job and not saying that everybody at the home cook prep is excited to be cooking at home but the thought comes into mind that home-cooked meals cooking for self is going to allow you to focus and put the best alchemy to those ingredients for your own good versus the probability of a fast food person not being in the right state of mind not fully concentrating just their following the motions maybe unhappy and transferring that to your food The probability is higher for that to occur. Self-preservation is first. One cooking for themselves should always put the highest degree of affection into it because it is for self versus someone who's cooking at a fast food restaurant, he's cooked for 300 people today. He really is just doing a job to serve himself. So the person receiving the food isn't always their first priority. And when you're eating food, food is going to become a part of your, your living vessel. That's going to be broken down and utilize this energy. It behooves you to care about who's preparing it and what state they're in. So in that conversation of fast food versus home, home cook usually is going to fare you better. Though sometimes there's some energy at home that, hey, maybe we need to order takeout tonight, honey. And if you're going to order takeout, go to the fast food place with the most content or happy employees. This is a Google living world. It's worth a Google. Find out the, Fast foods, we have the highest employee review rating. Those seemingly will probably give you the best preparation and energy transfer in their uh, part to do with your food. And when you ingest it, you you may, you know, be neutral at, and or better. We're just looking to find the neutral and or better situation. Always looking to avoid the the worst or the lower the, the lower vibrating situation, something that ends up poisoning you or you get a food poisoning, something like that. That's probably happening in an environment that's not caring about preparation and Is going to endanger that energy transferring to you. So go to the fast food places where they're getting paid the best and they're enjoying what they're doing to the highest degree, if you're going to go fast food. So that's my <laughs> suggestion on that because preparation is the key. So, when you take on the energy of eating things, you only have one metaphysical or esoteric weapon to defending against that. Say that the craziest meal to poison you is even placed in your reality. The only thing that I know that your willpower has over food is the main reason why many of the mansions of belief say to say grace we call it grace but it's basically putting positive affirmations on that which you're about to consume knowing that words have power knowing that our words into watery or water based elements water actually can capture the essence or intent of your words it's a water cup test and you can check that out it's by a professor and he figured out that If you say certain uh, words of high-vibrating or low-vibrating things to two different cups respectively, they'll have two different molecular uh, structures. One will be symmetrical with the loving, high-vibrating thoughts and words. And the other one will be deformed, jagged, and non-prototypical on the micro level. So, all things that we eat have a water base. So, basically, when you speak into your food of high intent of to... Uh, speak of the protection of it, of the proper preparation of it, of the the blessing of your vessel of energy on the outcome of it, all before you eat it, that is a vibratory command in a sense of your intent to what you're going to eat. Knowing what I know, being that we control our world, you probably can offset any bad energy in there, and to at least neutralize it to not bring your vibration down. But we can bless it as well with the grace. Which allows for us to put our power of expectation intentionally into it, which, as long as you believe it, will have a positive effect. So, keep that in mind. Know that you have choices upon the type of vibration you bring into your body from raw fruits and vegetables that are organic and are vibrating as high as any intaking thing or any ingestible thing can be, all the way down to our. You know, walking the line of, of delectable taste over health, but our meats that we balance in that vibrate differently and digest at different amounts of time and require different energy outputs from us just to pass them through. Even as we have that creation of those elements, we have to use our power of speaking positive intent into the consumption of this food in speaking that power we're ultimately charging that food for our our benefit and that's the last step on the alchemy of food actually using your voice and thought and vibration and intent to put the energy that you desire into it as you intake it furthering your enhancement and ascension of vibration here on this plane. So the alchemy of food is for us all. As we always do. It looks like the sun is coming up. It's time to shut the lighthouse down. But you're always welcome. And let's grab a meal sometimes. It's Jovi Joe here. Catch you next time on Audio Lighthouse Podcast. Peace.